everybody has a story, and that all of those stories are clear black and white issues, even when we think they are. We wonder, how did this happen? Or what is that like? Or what happens next? Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss at IWB Podcast. Okie dokie. Professional people have like stands or like an arm that hangs down Mm -hmm. or a table. We don't have any of those things. We have tables? Well, a Mickey Mouse table. (laughs) All right. Ready to go? Mm Mm-hmm. I think you should count down tonight. How come? Because it's different. Five, four, three. Oh, I was waiting for you to say two and one. We never say two and one. This is Danielle. And this is Daniel. And we have my dad here. Good evening. Yes, because Carla took herself to Spain. Yes, we have Jeff Bridges live with us in studio. <laughs> for for the people who have never seen my dad, he does look like Jeff Bridges. If you look up a picture of Jeff Bridges. However, when I was younger, it was Patrick Swayze. You got stopped on an airplane. I, right? get, I did. I, I got asked for my autograph. I was in California and asked for my autograph from a, a, a nice old lady and I finally just had to ask her, who do you think I am? And she's, aren't you that, that fellow in Ghosts? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I've decided if anyone ever stops me in public and, and mistakens me for somebody else, I'm not quite sure who. I don't know. Maybe Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, God. So if someone comes up and says, Rosie, can I have an autograph? I'll grab it and I'll autograph. I'll sign, avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. That's from A League of Their Own. Oh, I see. Um, that movie with uh, Tom Hanks, the right. true story about how the women formed the baseball league during World War II. Yeah, he signs a ball for a kid. Avoid the clap. That's good advice. And that's what he tells the kids. Hey, that's good advice. <laughs> I <laughs> suppose on. that's true. Yeah. But Patrick Swayze is dead. Yes, he is. And when that woman's, you know, asked you that, you should have reached over and said, yes, here's a lump of clay. Well, this was years ago. He wasn't dead then. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh no, this is years and years ago. Years and years. No, he was right in the the heart of his career. You back? Yes, I'm back. Okay, good. How's your your team doing? Okay, so I play I play fantasy football with the guys I at I work with. And there's there's like 12 people, but anyways, there's there's still like 12 people and it's 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 fun. I I enjoy it. Um <clears throat> So I'm actually going to it appears I'm actually going to win. The whole thing this year, which is cool because I think I win like two or three hundred bucks. You know, I was excited because this year, half. yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. So I've never like made money doing this, and I was at least going to win fifty bucks this year. I was going to win my money back. And I thought, oh well, hell, I'll fucking take that. And then it just turned out I won. Well, yeah. anyway, so my team name is the Washington Foreskins. What was it last year? It's the it's been the Washington. Okay, okay, so I originally started off. I can't even remember what the first name was. And, the Buffalo Bills. No, well, okay, that's <laughs> what it turned into. Like four games into, it, I'm like, this is kind of stupid because you see people with 
all these names like Peyton Manning fan 1-8. You know, that's your team name. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. So I wanted to have something that was funny. Commemorable. So my first team was, I, I did the Buffalo Bill. Was it Buffalo? No, I named them the Buffalo Bills. I did. I named them the Buffalo Bills. But my logo, you got to create a logo and whatnot, was the picture from Silence of the Lambs with Buffalo Bill, the serial killer, with his dick tucked between his legs and him standing in front of the mirror. Have you not seen Silence of the Lambs? No. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyways, there's this, there's this, you know, it's the movie with Anthony Hopkins where he's the. Oh, I know the the, the story. Okay. Okay. Well, anyways, the. the serial killer they're chasing in the movie, Jodie Foster and he are trying to find his his name was Buffalo Bill because he he skinned all of his victims. And he's he's trying to like form become a woman, I think. Yeah. As part of his transformation. Well, anyway, so he's standing down there wearing there's a scene where the, he's wearing a wig and makeup and his part of his skin suit, I think. Mm-hmm. And it pans out from uh, the camera showing him looking into a mirror and he's got his dick tucked between his legs because he's dressed like a woman and he's standing there in front of the mirror. It's really attractive. It's a very weird part in the movie. The movie itself is weird. Yes. Well, yes. It's iconic, that scene. <laughs> Except they just, you, you can't show it when they're, you're talking about iconic scenes. Like, oh, here's mine. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> You know the part in the Shawshank Redemption where he reaches up in the sky when he's finally free? Well, mine's when Buffalo Bill's standing in front of the mirror naked. Giving everybody a nice fruit bowl. (laughs) So anyways, that was my first team. The second team then I decided to be the Washington Foreskins. And my logo is, if you've seen on South Park, hang on, I got to pull it up so you can see it. Yeah, because you can't describe this or it's really offensive. (laughs) The the so South Park did an episode that they tackled the whole Washington Redskin and uh, can you are you supposed to be able to say that should they have to change the team name that whole debate we won't get into that but it also pairs it together with making fun of GoFundMe and some of those other like crowdfunding websites so the boys since the name the the Washington Redskins for a, a while lost their trademark. And anybody could print anything with their logo on it. So it also talked about that. And they start this company called the Washington Redskins Go Fuck Yourself. And then I think it turns into the Go Fund Yourself. Mm -hmm. Anyways, this is their logo. (laughs) (laughs) So if if you haven't seen this, you should go ahead and look it up. But I'll try to describe it. It's the Washington Redskin logo. There's two of them. And someone has drawn cartoon bodies on them and it is uh it has boobs a balls and a wiener and it is inserting its wiener into the rectum of another one that has boobs hard on and a wiener wait hard on and balls thank you for that yes so that's the that's the most scientific uh explanation of that the anatomically correct version so anyways as a joke (laughs) they have these (laughs) <laughs> they have these websites you can actually make, you know, T-shirts and whatnot. We have it, yeah. Tpublic.com. Um, oh, yeah. So I got on one of those, and I'm going to send this out to all my coworkers after it's official. But I made a Super Bowl shirt. <laughs> With that picture. <laughs> and everyone has to wear it to work. Oh, and this I'm, is too good, really. 
if I honestly thought they would print it, and I know they probably won't because at one point, uh, Zach, which we talk about Zach all the time, I actually have a picture of Zach's balls. Yep. And you go, that's weird. Well, yeah, it is, but... <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Long, long story short, Zach ended up T-balling one of our coworkers' phones. So he took his nuts out and placed it on this guy's cell phone and took a picture of it. And then we waited for the next time he was on his phone talking, and we emailed him the picture. <laughs> he took he took it real well. Is this your brother? No, no, no. <laughs> it was Kevin. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, Kevin wasn't going to go that extreme to get him back. Instead, he just kept the picture. And when we had our Christmas dinner. We, you know, we used to have, we used, we had, we don't do it anymore, but we used to have a Christmas party and we go somewhere nice and eat as a company and, you know, thanks everyone for a good year, blah, blah, blah. So the owner's there, his CFO's there, um, all of our managers are there, everything and, you know, half the staff or something. Kevin decides he's going to pull this picture out and start showing everybody. Hey, look at, <laughs> look at Zach's balls, everyone. Look at this. Anyway, so I tell you that story to tell you this story. I tried putting it on a t-shirt once, and uh, I was going to print it out, and then I was going to wear it. I was going to wear that shirt to the 500, and so I paid for the shirt and everything, and I'm like, oh my God, this is going to happen. 30 minutes later, I get an email from somebody from, I don't know if it was Custom Inc. or who it was, yeah. saying, yeah, we're not printing this. I'm returning your money. Saying you're a dirty bastard. Don't send stuff to us. I texted him back and said, it's not what it looks like. It's not what it looks like. I've never had to use this excuse before. It's not what it looks like. <laughs> they never responded. You know, no. It doesn't matter what it looks like to you, I guess. So I actually made like a Super Bowl type shirt with the two logos, cartoon logos, having butt sex. So And that'll make it through. Yes. That's what I got. <laughs> that, that's pretty good i don't know if i got you know, i smell like bean soup from getting it on me your mom made bean soup yes she did it's and i smell like it our daughter tried some and then spit it out on the floor I'm like well at least we know where her taste buds lie she was real excited about it too when i walked back in i placed it down and i came i you know my mom made it so i, I went over there i took a pot over there filled a pot up brought it back over here and when i walked back into the living room Without any for her, she looked up and went, did you eat it all, Daddy? Because <laughs> I tell her you eat all the candy in the middle of the night. Man. Oh, Dad must have eaten it all. She's warned me about that before. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to do this? Sure. It's not what it looks like. No, it's probably exactly what it looks like. So I was trying to pick a case to do, and Carla told me about the one she was watching on TV. And you had mentioned it too. And I said, how much of that did dad watch? The whole thing. And I was like, well, dad's going to know what we're talking about. <laughs> I, that doesn't mean I know anything about it. No, and it doesn't. It's not a big deal that sometimes Daniel will know what we're talking about. I don't know if Well, was... this was just the other day. I, mm -hmm. I've clearly forgotten it by now. Yeah, that's what she said, but I wasn't going to say it. Well, it's the truth. <laughs> but, and Daniel, I kind of told him some about it because I was debating between another one and we talked about doing... You didn't tell me enough that I'm not... I mean, all I asked was where it happened and what year. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm going to know it because there's something about that that sounds familiar, but that's all you gave me. So I'm not mm -hmm. exactly sure. 
Because we were going to talk about the Coliseum. I'm assuming someone died. Maybe. But you've done those before on me where no one died. It's the suspense. It's killing. Oh, I can't say that. I can't say that. No, we were going to talk about the Coliseum explosion in 19... It was the 70s, wasn't it? No. 1963. 60s. 60s. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it turns out that's just real, real depressing. Because it was a Halloween on Ice show. I don't know if it was Halloween. I don't know. It was on no, Halloween. Was it on mm-hmm. Halloween? Yeah, Ice show. And gas was leaking through a gas, natural gas source and made contact with a popcorn machine and just blew up the stadium. Well, the gas filled up underneath. Yeah, so it became a bomb. Un- underneath all the concrete. Mm-hmm. And it just filled up and filled and... and, uh, and the workers that realized it was doing that, they just ran. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are you going to do? Well, like, you tell somebody. Yeah, like, I forgot <laughs> what my job was at this place. Run upstairs and tell everyone to run like hell. Yeah. Yeah, so it was concrete and people and parts flying everywhere. And then they turned the ice into a morgue. And people got to walk through and identify loved ones or the parts of them. Yeah. Which So none of that is... I mean, I think they tried to blame fire marshals and stuff and the natural gas company. I think the natural gas company... I mean, when something like that happens, it's somebody's fault. Yeah. I don't think anything ever really stuck. The family's got a certain amount of money, but but it was mom's grandmother was at the Coliseum that night. Is that what we said? It seems like it. But she was kind of like directly across from it. So she saw it and then she called everyone... To let them know she was okay. Right. And you and mom were like, okay. Because you didn't really know what it's talking about. This guy <laughs> not say, me. No. Not you, mom. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I was seven. I, no, too young. Yeah, too young. Yeah, mm-hmm. 19, Although yeah, I remember. 1963. Mm-hmm. I do remember it. How many people died? 70? 74 and injured 400. Yeah, so it was... I mean, but there's no trial to talk, like, no one really, there's a book about it, I think. Um, Yeah, that's what we were going to talk about. But instead, I found something else, because Carla was home sick from work, and instead of going to her house to be sick, she came to be babied at your house. Right. Yeah, on the couch. Well, she didn't work. I mean, she mm. babied herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she watched a 2020, and the 2020 was about... Another, a doctor. We talked about a dentist last, not last week, the week before. So this is about Dr. Gregory Conrath. He lived in Peru, Indiana. We usually ask Carla where that is from Central. Yeah, from Central. How far, how many hours? Peru? Mm Mm-hmm. Where's that? You pass Peru if you're going up to South Bend or you drive through it. Mm Mm-hmm. So he worked in Lafayette, so I assume it was fairly close. How far is Peru from... Oh, I don't know. It's probably two... You're probably at two hours, maybe a little over two hours. It's either right before or right after Grissom Air Force Base. It's somewhere in that area. I want to say it's... You could type it into your handheld computer. I could, but what difference does that make? Oh, I don't know. Anyways, it's up that direction. And I only know that because that's where... We got a puppy from there once. We did another case with a woman in Peru. It is like the, they call themselves the circus capital of the world because circuses used to stop there. It's very rural. Mm-hmm, until they figured out that in the wintertime, it's real cold in Indiana. Yeah, so tents they, don't do it. No, so they started going to Florida, but they still do circus stuff 
in that town, which is weird. Yeah, you come in the big tent, you have 50 people sitting there. Mm-hmm. I've seen the pictures. Yeah. Really, 50? Mm-hmm. And that, that's not very many. No. I don't I don't understand. So, Dr. Gregory Conrath was a prominent orthopedic surgeon, earning as much as $1.7 million a year, specializing in orthopedic trauma and sports medicine. So, how much schooling do you have to do to get to surgeon status? Um, your four years, your bachelor's. And then I think it's two, three, it's three or four years for that. Then you do, uh, if you're going to do a specialty, so orthopedics Mm -hmm. is another probably two or three years. And then probably another two or three years um, intern doing the surgical part. Yeah. So, or if you're, I mean, when you're going up to surgeon, you're probably learning and stuff. And the three years probably also includes. Uh, that and then you know a lot of them go through and get the uh, you know if they do their fellowship they do more schooling. So it's like a lot of time. Oh yeah, and money. Oh yeah, and I mean, a smart person. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean you're if you're a surgeon, I don't you know you're not going to get turned loose until I mean look at uh, Aaron. Aaron, yeah, mm-hmm. she's your age, right? Yeah, and only just a little bit smarter. So she's so she's <laughs> thirty two, almost thirty three. And she still hasn't been turned loose. Mm-mm. And just she I'm, will next year. So when she's you know thirty three, she'll finally get to start practicing. Yeah. Where your doctor, your family doctor, is your age, mm-hmm. and she's been practicing, I think, for a couple years by herself. Yeah, but she's just a general MD. Well, not just a general not just, MD. and only just a little bit smarter than me. <laughs> Anyways, he That's was. Where I missed it too, so don't feel bad. You missed it? Yeah, being smart. Just oh, by you know a little. I t- whenever I meet a doctor, if anyone ever comes through where I work, I always tell them the same thing. I tell them, I wanted to be a doctor, and I, I tried, but I-, I flunked out when I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and the weirdest thing you've ever found in anyone's butt. And do you have pictures? I they, You know, sometimes, especially, especially, I love getting someone who does uh emergency medicine mm-hmm. because if you say oh i bet you see all sorts of messed up stuff they're always more than glad to share they're like check this out and i have i've seen one of them showed me an x-ray um where someone had stuck a dildo a foot long one up their rectum and it got stuck so it's not weird at all no nope. right next to the gerbil yeah. Well, and the, you know what was funny is he said, "I got to walk in and tell the guy that uh, the good news is you're you know you're going to be okay. We're going to get this out. Uh, the bad news is I can't do it down here without possibly tearing your colon up. So uh, we're going to have to surgically remove this." And uh, he was an avid mountain climber, Greg, and he is less than three hundred people who have climbed to the highest points on all seven continents. So pretty impressive. Highly motivated people still turn into bodies on Mount Everest every year. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. In 2010, he became a published author with his international spy thriller, The Children Are Finally Safe, which I don't know what that means besides it's a title. And after the 2010 earthquake in Haiti, Dr. Conrath volunteered to help provide medical treatment to local residents. So we went to Haiti. Yeah. 
Um, Conrath and his ex-wife, Anna Conrath, had three children together, but the couple divorced before his 50th birthday in December of 08. According to court documents, he failed to appear at a divorce hearing, and the judge used his prior year's income, the $1.7 million, in setting maintenance and support. Being behind on support payments, he owed her more than $1.3 million. And now he was divorced twice. I don't know who the first wife was. Uh, he turned to online dating, which is just the worst thing <laughs> you can ever do. Ever. And hey. Hey, what? You were a, a male order I should be groom. The one. I, was, I should have been the one saying that. Male, which you're not paying attention. Yes, I am. Yeah? <laughs> so he got on, he didn't get on eHarmony, though. He got on to. What's his name again? You're not looking him up. Gre- Gregory Conrad. I'm not I'm being a smart ass. Okay. She said I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. I, all I'm doing is sitting here watching this screen. It's not that distracting. See that? See? It's a score. Mm-hmm. He got on to which dating site, Daniel? Farmers Only? Uh, close. Christian Mingle? Mm, close. If you were an older Christian. Old people meet? <laughs> Our time. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I really feel like I miss out on life. You know, mm-hmm. I don't you know do. any of this stuff. No, oh, there's a Jewish you're one, be- farmers one. <laughs> you're better for it. Yeah, I mean, eHarmony is a. It was made by yeah, because yeah, that's how we met. But it was made by a, a Christian guy. But it's not. And then there's Christian Mingle. Plenty of fish is just anyone and everyone. And Match dot. Well, and I think the guy that did eHarmony is a physician too. Oh yeah, he's well. yeah. He got onto our time, which means he's not prowling for a 20-something, you know, girl to replace his wife with. He, and he could because he's a doctor with money in theory. And he could just be like, I'm going to date a younger woman. But he met Joanna, and I'm going to try to say this last name, Berzard Chuckadick. Ah, <laughs> so I would have said it. B-I-E-R-Z-Y-C-H-U-D-E-K. Berzard Chuck. So I'm not going to say that last name again. All right. <laughs> She's just Joanna. And she was a nurse. And obviously, Greg looked really good on paper. I mean, all that stuff I listed. And they dated for about four months before she moved into his home in Peru. On June of 2014, the couple went on vacation to Puerto Rico. How far is Puerto Rico from here? From here? Mm-hmm. From <laughs> central Indiana. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I asked Carla when she's here the whole time. Anytime there's a location, I'm like, how far is this away? She's like, oh. <laughs> it's south. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Do you need any further no, explanation? I, if people don't know where Puerto Rico is, it's not my problem. And then uh, that was almost a year into their relationship. And perhaps the perfect place for someone to propose at, right? On vacation. They've been together for like a year. That's what I would have thought. I honestly would prefer in a more rural setting by a trash can. Yeah, in the kitchen. Greasy one. Greasy trash can? Mm -hmm. It was a crappy trash can. (laughs) It was. It was cheap. Um, So after a few drinks and enjoying the salty, warm ocean breeze, Greg begins to discuss his devious plan to kill his ex-wife, Anna. Joanna had now heard him bring up this plan twice during their romantic getaway, and she began to realize he was asking her to be his alibi. So that's just great. 
And she was sure that no one would believe what he was actually saying. So she got out her iPhone and hit the voice memo app and recorded him for 23 minutes, plotting out exactly how he was going to kill his ex-wife. Do we want to know how? Okay. Okay. Anna's death would look like a suicide, Greg bragged. In her home, he had already planted hollow point bullets. They matched ammunition he had acquired from an untraceable gun. At that point in time, he would sneak into the house past their sleeping children and shoot Anna. He confessed to studying possible forensic outcomes and was confident that hollow points bounce around in your brain. Quote, end quote. And that would do the trick. Once his ex-wife was dead, Greg planned to press her lifeless hand against the gun and the remaining bullets to make it appear as if she had taken her own life. Then he had already pre-written text messages to send to her loved ones, not his loved ones, her loved ones. And that would hopefully bolster the appearance of her suicide. I've done a lot of research on that. That's why I switched my call, by the way, because that's the only, I used it to research it. And then, you know, nothing is traceable. Nothing. An unmarked gun that has no prints. Okay. With bullets already planted in her house, which they are. How quickly did you think, he's not just blowing off steam here, he's serious? Wow, yeah, this is real. This is not the Greg. I know. This is when the kids are in the house. But my choice is to get in the bedroom. For some reason, the kids woke up. There's lots of ways to get out. And in a chilling, matter-of-fact manner, he even talks about what will happen when the kids find mom dead. I get out of the house. I'm scot-free, but they wake up my mom. Then who, who are they going to call? Yeah. Ambulance, police, dad. Because she shoots herself in the head. She kills herself. Do you have a gun that's not chasing? Yes. It's my garage. Where's it going to go after? I mean, she shot herself, so it stays with her. I've never touched with my hands. Okay. Even when I took it to a shooting range, I wore latex gloves. After I knew that, I put her prints on the bullets, close it, put her prints on the handle. One thing I don't know is, is she going to, like, slump down and die right there? That'd be ideal, but maybe she'll ride around and start making noise. I already drove over there twice. You know Greg really well. You spent a year with him. Do you really think he was going to kill his ex-wife? Yes. No doubt in my mind. What do you think of this, Morley? I think it's justice. You're going something to write. Is God going to strike her down? If I get caught, I can do the time. I've lived a full life. I'm a tough guy. He planned to kill Anna on a night when he wasn't on call. Because if you're on call, you better have your cell phone with you. So he knows if my cell phone is with me, they can trace it. He's super smart. So it has to be a night that he's not on call and to leave his cell phone at home. And he would wear latex gloves and an extra layer of clothing and then ditch those in a dumpster. And he would wash up at a gas station and return home. All the smarts are here. She has a million dollar insurance policy, he said. I'm the beneficiary. Whatever happened, he knew he would be the number one, the number two, and the number three suspect. Because it's always the husband. Ex-husband. But Greg was positive that he could handle getting caught if the murder took place in Lafayette home that he shared with Anna. But not in Chicago area, where she and the children were moving soon. So he doesn't want to do hard time in Chicago, but Indiana, it's okay. I'm, well, yeah. I mean, if I had my choices, I'll take being in, uh, in prison in Indiana. I could suck up 30 years of jail time in Indiana. I'm not going to do Cook County. I can do that time. I'm a tough guy. 
Sure you are. Real tough. <laughs> but not tough enough for Cook County. Yeah. But, but it can do 30 years. Is that yeah. What yeah. Yeah. He can handle 30 years. That night at the bar, he had become belligerent and followed Joanna to the bathroom, but he stood up. She slipped back into their room while he spent the rest of the evening drinking with new friends. She counted the minutes until morning. Then she withdrew money from their joint account, supposedly like $30,000, joint account, it's okay, and snuck off to the airport to catch the next flight home. Back in Peru, she hastily packed her belongings. So she knows this is not okay. I do not want to be here right now. I am leaving. And probably pretty smart. Carl and I picked up on the uh, the drinking part. Yeah, that keeps coming back around. Yeah, and it's like in on the recording, you can hear the bartender bringing like, "Do you want more?" And he's like, "Yeah, I want more." And she's like, "I don't." And he's like, "Yeah, you do." So, and then he's like, "I'll drink her." So he was pretty drunk. Yeah, telling her this, you can still understand. I mean, he he was a drinker. Yeah, um, but you can understand him on the recording. Besides the fact that it's windy, so it's not to the point where he can't keep track of his thoughts. He's just drunk. He discovers, obviously, that she has fled the country, so he called the police in their town to report concern for his suicidal girlfriend. So now he has to make her look unstable. (laughs) (laughs) So Joanna told the officers all about her experience with Creepy Greg, his murder plot, and and then she played the recording for them. She requested that they search their home for any more evidence to corroborate her recording. Police searched the Conrath home and found a 38 caliber revolver loaded with hollow point ammunition discovered on a shelf stored in a plastic bag and covered in latex gloves. Next to the gun was another bag containing scrubs, sweatpants, and other stuff. So he was really doing it. Yeah. I mean, and then I told her I'm going to do it. And in the recording, it's he sounds pretty serious about it. And she's like, oh, okay. Huh? But he didn't do it. There's yeah. the catch. Yep. So Greg returned the next day to find most of Joanna's stuff in boxes and the police wanted to question him about his alleged plan to kill his ex-wife. Greg couldn't really remember what all he had said that night in Puerto Rico because he was drunk and he agreed to answer some of the questions, but then requested an attorney. And there's a video of that where he's like admitting to stuff that, but he's like, no, you just, you know, sometimes you just say things, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't mean it. Just blowing off steam. That was the big phrase. I'm just blowing off steam. Anyone would talk about, you know. Joanna's just turned in her boyfriend, 49-year-old Greg Conrath, doctor and divorcee, with that incriminating recording about how he would kill his ex-wife. Police are concerned for Joanna's safety, so they arrange for her to live in a safe house. And meanwhile, Dr. Conrath's come back to an empty house. Detective Mike Rogers calls him in for questioning. Find out why I asked you to come here. And gets right to the point. I've uncovered some, some concerning conversation between you and Joanna about uh, you wanting to kill Anna. Okay. I'm here to get your side of the story. There's, there's being like, you know, ranting about my ex-wife or, you know, I'm sure she does the same thing about me. Sure, we're friends. But they're actually saying, yeah, I'm seriously you know, thinking about someone killing her, then, yeah, that's obviously a different issue. Those are the things that I want to get into. I mean, I I think we can talk until we get to a point if you want to keep talking and then we need to get an attorney, then, yeah, we have to wait and get an attorney. I can't afford one. I have $60 to my name right now because Joanna took all my money. I had some issues with my wife, ex-wife. I thought she's going to move the kids to Chicago, and they're very unhappy about that. And I had to put myself in a bad position financially. 
Tell me the sources of your income, if you don't mind. Basically, I make five seventy-five a year. Half of it goes to Anna, half of it goes to me. Conrath tells Rogers his ex-wife Anna cleaned him out in their divorce. Their five homes, retirement funds, stocks and bonds, she got them all. My attorneys were terrible, her attorneys were really good, um, and uh, basically lost everything to her. Couple that with a gambling problem. Were you becoming more convinced that this is a man planning to commit murder? More convinced he wouldn't talk about it, the gun at all. Do you own any firearms? Does that have to do with this death threat thing? No. Just a simple question, do you own any firearms? Yeah, I wanted an attorney for that one. Finally, the ever-talkative Dr. Conrath realizes it's time to clam up. And as hours pass, the cops may have a motive, but still don't have a crime. <laughs> I mean, we make the joke. What's the I made joke? a few purchases as well. <laughs> but, you know, that, I was just mad. That's all it was. I, I knew I was going to return the stuff. What's the joke? If I We've been together 25 years. My uncle, when they'd been married, I think 30 years, mm-hmm. he said, uh, if I had killed her instead of married her, I'd have been out five years ago. <laughs> so, like, that's a joke. If yes. I had recorded that, the police would have gone, okay, that's funny. This is not funny. Oh, yeah, because... Yeah. He wasn't under arrest, so eventually he went back to work at Duke's Memorial Hospital, but after one of his shifts, the shifts, the police arrested him in a Kroger parking lot on charges of attempted murder. He was taken to the Miami County Jail and was on, was bond was set at $250,000. Okay, so yeah, if it's... Per, okay, so Peru is probably, I would assume, in Miami County. Mm-hmm. So that explains why when I said it was right before, right after the... Uh, the Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. The Air Force Base is in Miami County. Yeah, and then there's a sign. There's a prison in Miami County, and the signs says, on the don't road. Don't pick up hitchhikers. Do not pick up hitchhikers. Because there's a lot of people that travel that road between mm-hmm. Indianapolis, Kokomo, and South Bend. After spending almost a month in jail, Greg was posted his bond and was released, and was required to surrender his passport, and was served a no contact order for Anna and Joanna. Uh, so. He's told to stay away from these two women. All the other women in the world is fine. These two you cannot have any contact with. So he promptly sent Joanna an email asking if she missed him and if he wanted to talk. She did not respond. She also received three pieces of mail at her new P.O. box, even though she had never given him the address. So he can't stay away from the two women you're not allowed to talk to. Dr. Conrad then called a private investigator, Dale Seward, to try and locate her. Dale was provided Joanna's name, her phone number, her friend's phone numbers, her kids' phone numbers. But then Dale thought to himself that if Greg had all this information, why couldn't he just call her and he ask? He said to himself, self? self? <laughs> He's like, why don't you just call her and ask her where she is? So then Greg sent his new private eye a $150 check, but asked him not to cash it till Friday. You know, that type of thing. He's like, why is a doctor doing this? I think it's, what is it? There's something about we can't. I think it's illegal to write a company a check and post date it. Mm-hmm. A company, but not a person. Yeah, an individual. I'm sure it doesn't matter, but there's just a little bit of information for y'all. So Dale did some fancy PI work and found a news story about a surgeon charged with attempted murder and connected the dots and called the local media and the police. 
don't know why you call the local media if you want an interview. <laughs> to you're like, yes, I'm a private eye, and I read a Facebook news story, and I connected the dots. Here's my <laughs> and card. I want credit. Yep. The Peruvian Daily Times. <laughs> Peruvian flute. Peruvian flute <laughs> band. Next, Greg texted a woman he knew worked at Unity Healthcare. He wanted her to call Joanna and pretend to be a lender who needed an address to refund a loan overpayment. She contacted the police instead. She was like, you're an idiot. I'm not doing this. So I don't know if she knew him and what his situation or just refused to do that because that's not her job to lie. What does he do next? Joins a Peruvian flute band. He called the pharmacy where Joanne filled her well, prescriptions. Duh, he called the pharmacy. Being a doctor, he called in a prescription for? Yeast infection. No. <laughs> I can't think of anything either. It's uh, phentermine. So it's a stimulant. It's a weight loss drug. Phentermine? He called in a weight loss drug in hopes that she would come and pick it up in person. When she received an automated call that a prescription in her name had been filled that she did not know about, she called the cops. So he's just not very he's not very good at this. Well, I'll give it to him. That was uh at least a halfway decent last ditch effort. Mm-hmm. He even asked his teenage daughter to call Joanna to set up a dinner date for the couple. <laughs> Man, that's low. So these acts, along with messages he relayed to Anna through his kids, finally led to Dr. Conrad's arrest for breaking the no contact order. I was like, how many times does he have to try to contact her before it's considered breaking? Like, you have to try at least three times before we'll rearrest you. So I thought that was weird. Eight days after his initial release, he was back in jail to await trial on three new charges. Stalking Anna, Conrath, and Joanna, I can't say her last name, and issuing an invalid prescription. So they were going to get him on that, too. So he's only been out like eight days. I didn't even realize that. He hasn't even been out like, a, you know, give it a... Man. Do you automatically... If you commit murder, lose your medical license. I something in here. I would think you would because you bro- you broke the Hippocratic oath. But one, yeah. But one, we did one where he murdered people and then became a doctor, or he d- yeah, abducted but he that went girl. To another country got his license, medicine. came back in Indiana, oh, yeah. said sure. Guy, if he got out, if he went to jail for fifteen years, got out and still wanted to practice medicine, he could go to another country. And I'm sure. Yeah, they said come back to Haiti. Yeah. Employee at a Kokomo Walgreens said that earlier in the month when Greg was out on bond, the doctor had come into the store to purchase passport photos because he had to surrender his passport. If Greg tried to flee the country, police thought he might head to Mexico because it was discovered that he was currently married Oh yeah. to Cynthia, a Mexican national. You ever been to Mexico? Yes. What happened in Mexico? Uh, if you weren't my daughter, I'd tell you. <laughs> Do you want me to leave the room? <laughs> I think I know you saw some type of show there. Oh, yeah. There, that was that, too. Yeah, that, too. Okay. Yeah. Now, we were, uh, I was working in uh, Laredo. And it's, like, right there. Well, across the, the mm-hmm. river is Nuevo Laredo. Mm-hmm. And it's not a very nice place. No. And what year was that? This, like. Oh, geez. Um, I I couldn't tell you. Ten years ago, maybe. Okay. I was just guessing. And there were four of us. And the guy that lived there, who we were with, was the only one that spoke the language. Uh-huh. So that concerned me. The streets were dirt. 
and there were people selling food out of their trunks mm. of their cars. And you know, here again, the guy Dave with us. He's like, D- don't don't get any of that. I was like, like, oh, I wasn't going to. Why do you say that? Though? I go, you don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that reinforces that thought. Yeah, I'm not hungry. Yeah. So, uh, yeah that that's that was part of uh, part of the experience, and the other part was going to Boys Town, which. Oh, and the the strip club. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff with the um, donkey. Uh, why don't we go back to this story? <laughs> the donkey show. Yeah, we'll go back. We'll go back. Someone can Google that, what that is. Don't you Google should, it. You, don't. Can, uh, you can insert the uh, clip from Clerks 2. <laughs> oh, they, yeah. They get, no, it's terrible. Stop. Uh, Kinky Kelly and the sexy stud. Mm-hmm. And they think they're going, they get, he gets his buddy a, a donkey show as a surprise. And the show's called Kinky Kelly and the sexy stud. And so they think that the donkey is going to have sex with a woman. And they get there and it turns out that Kinky Kelly is this big, burly man. This one really was a donkey. And uh, and the stripper, when you saw her, I was kind of feeling sorry for the donkey. And it was a little donkey, too. It wasn't a very big thing. I felt sorry for the donkey. Oh, we didn't stay. I, no. I refused. No. I, I think I remember you this. saying, do not leave me here. The, oh, that yeah, went to the bathroom. bathroom I yeah. said, this would not be a joke. Do not leave. Was mm. No one. No. No, I didn't speak anything. So. Yeah, and this was down and dirty. Yeah. This was not a, a tourist place. I don't and, know what uh, it's like now. We might have been the only Americans As soon as you there, told me know. you were somewhere and you felt bad for the donkey, I knew uh, I knew it probably wasn't somewhere you take your family. <laughs> no, no. No, there was nothing there. However, we were kings. That was kind of the nice part. Oh, that. Yeah, we walked into the, uh, the bar and uh, there was no place to sit. And here comes a you know, a table and chairs, you know, over the guy's head carrying all this stuff and moved everybody out of the way and set us down. Man. Uh, yeah. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And what beer would you like? <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Nothing so. out of a trunk. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yep. He still gave her 250000 to start a business. What that business was, I have no idea. Who knows? She could have been a performer with a donkey. He said he met her in Cabo after a few wild months there after his divorce with Anna was finalized. Ultimately, the union didn't work out, and he was in the process of filing for divorce, supposedly. Now, at some point during this vacation, his current girlfriend, Joanna, connected the dots that they weren't getting married because he was already married to a woman in Mexico. You're not trying to talk him out of it. You're just, what, in shock? Mm -hmm. But when she finally snaps out of her shock, Joanna doesn't sound so concerned for the mother of those kids. She sounds more concerned for herself. I'm just saying, you're going to have to help set everybody up okay. I can't set you, I wish I could set you up okay, I can't do that. And then, a strange question that will even confuse Conrad. When you said to him, should we get married? What did you mean by that? I started asking questions because I needed to know whether it was real or not. You sounded very upset that he hadn't thought about you and and how he was going to look after you financially. Well, of course, because I thought we were in a relationship. And then I come to find out that he's made a whole plan of his life somewhere else. When did you find out about the wife in Mexico? On the trip in Puerto Rico. 
They had been texting almost daily. Dr. Conrath is apparently full of surprises on this vacation. And Joanna suspects after he's done the deed, he's moving on to the missus in Mexico. So all this time you were dating him, almost a year, he had a wife. I figured that's where he would go after he killed Anna because he'd been sending money to Cynthia. Talk about leading a double, make that triple life. Still, Joanna just wants to know where all this leaves her. So do you have a plan for me and Cynthia? Cynthia's fine. Okay, and? I'm talking to you. Nobody else knows this. Nobody. I said, do you have a plan for me and Cynthia as well? And you said Cynthia's fine, so that means she must have a plan for me too. Now the police were able to get a search warrant to seize his iPhone and MacBook. And forensics conducted on his phone revealed he had reset its settings around July 4th, the day Joanna fled Puerto Rico. And after that date, he had looked up ways to locate people using various websites. They found several queries for how to search for people and how to find people through forwarding email and for flights to Mexico. And how to make chlorophyll. I was searching for chlorophyll, chloroform. Was it chloroform or chlorophyll? She said she was looking for chloroform. chloroform. It had to be chloroform. Chlorophyll has something to do with flowers. Yeah, Chlor- it does. But that's yeah. what she said. I was looking for chlorophyll, and then I accidentally looked up chlorophyll. I wanted to see how how because the dogs were eating the plants. Eaten. Yeah, grass is big for chlorophyll. Yeah, there's another plant that goes along with that too. It's... Okay, <laughs> I know what you mean. Oh, I got it. Speaking of, I watched Cheech and Chong last night. It's <laughs> mostly Maui Waui <laughs> in a little. In some Labrador. What's Labrador? It dog shit, man. <laughs> I left my stash on the table. That little motherfucker ate it. <laughs> I have that audio clip in one of our I had episodes. I follow him around with a baggie for about three days. <laughs> oh, smoking dog shit, man. <laughs> okay. Data recovered before July 4th recorded searches for gun and handgun. The iPhone 4 revealed a text conversation from June 30th to July 1st in which Greg told someone that he had talked to Joanna about the murder plan. An examination of his laptop uncovered search for guns, gun broker, Anna Conrath. In addition, the donkey show, (laughs) donkey show in Mexico, the electronic examination showed he had searched for ways to hide money in a divorce, information on gun shows and details on intercepting or introspecting. I can't talk. In Interspecies erotica. The hell that comes <laughs> <laughs> And details on interpreting gunshot wounds. The ink was low. Like, I can't read it because the ink is running out uh, on gunshot wounds. Eventually, investigators got their hands on physical evidence. And in the process of moving to Chicago, Anna had stumbled upon bullets in her nightstand, items she had never seen before. They matched the type found in Dr. Conrath's gun. So O-R-V. he's... Bullet holes. So he, in his can or his like twenty three minute rant on her recording, he says, "Well, I've already got the guns in the house or the bullets in the house, so I aren't I don't have to bring bullets in with me. They're already there." And I was like, "And they were." And they were. Uh, the mounting evidence suggested to the Miami County Prosecutor Bruce Embry that this would be an open and shut case until he came across a different case. Mark E. Kohler 
It's E. coli. That's what it looks like. I know. That's what I thought when you said that. E. coli versus the state of Indiana in which Mark had packed an ice pick, box cutter, and a pair of binoculars after his wife got a restraining order and filed for divorce. He told a friend, I'm going to stab her in the effing heart. <laughs> I'm going to cut her effing throat. So I don't know if it says effing, but they put that. I don't mm. even. It's E-F-F-I-N. I imagine the guy has the ball to go ahead and say it. Yeah, to say that. <laughs> He was arrested and sentenced to 25 years in prison in 2005. However, in the Indiana Court of Appeals, a decision by a judge was said to establish an attempted murder. The state must prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant acted with a specific intent to kill and the defendant engaged in conduct constituting a substantial step toward commission of the crime of murder. A substantial step is an overt act beyond more preparation and in furtherance of intent to commit an offense. So it there's didn't. that's that's what I recall is that mm. he didn't do it, Mm-mm. and that's what got him off. Yeah, so it's the letter well. of the law in the state of Indiana is becoming his best friend because in another state that would have been enough, but because he wasn't standing over her holding a gun to mm-hmm. her head, it's not considered attempted murder. Wow! So Daniel could plot my entire death as long as he doesn't make substantial steps. He's allowed to do as much as he wants. Right? Yeah. You could even collect things that you intended to kill me with around the house. But like I didn't make any substantial steps. I think if I got to the point I wanted to kill you, I would just say, I'm done. You can have the house. I'm going back to my parents. Bye. <laughs> As opposed to killing you. Well, that killing Just because I wouldn't want to leave our child motherless. But I also and don't have a hundred. pretty upset. I don't have a million dollar life insurance policy either that you would be the beneficiary of. No, but I do have enough to bury you. Well, see, that's all we can hope for in life. So, but I'm, what I'm thinking about doing is just like cremating you. I told you if you died early, what I would do is have you cremated, mixed in with a uh, buddy. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'd slosh you around and your remains could stay Be together with the for dog all eternity. Ashes. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. He's a mean. <laughs> well, I'm just giving you motivation to live. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. So this case set a precedent, one that could prevent the prosecution from successfully convicting Dr. Conrath. Unless a person is actively engaging in an attempted murder and holding the weapon within a distance that could be dangerous to the victim, there is no crime. Man. Mm-hmm. And by those standards, no matter how threatening he seemed to be, he was innocent and there was a good chance the case would be dismissed. That's all it took. Yeah. Yep. And even if they could take the case to trial and a guilty verdict would surely be overturned by an appellate court, just like the Mark E. coli case. Eh. That was a that was uh real shitty what happened to Mr. E. coli. <laughs> yeah, real shitty. In December two thousand fourteen, as part of a deal, prosecutor Embry dropped the attempted murder charge and Greg pleaded guilty to the stalking both Aunt Anna and Joanna, while out on bail at the trial, he was sentenced to 10 years, one year in prison, minus the time he had already served in jail, one year with community corrections, monitored home detection, and eight years probation. So he just got in like a ripple effect of minor amount of trouble. But it added up. Yeah. Uh, The court ordered him to have no contact with either woman and banned him from being within 20 miles of their location. His early release date was set for April 2015. At one point, a possible 40-year sentence had turned into a few months behind bars. So it's the, the letter of the law difference between 40 years and probably four months, something. Well, he ended up with more than that. 
Yeah, like well, ten years. Hold on, we're not there yet. Oh, I'm yet. sorry. <laughs> Way to ruin it for me. <laughs> okay, there is no standard rule for defining attempt. Different states have different specifications, which is just amazing. I so, feel like Indiana. We have some stupid fucking laws. Here. Yeah, my the most interesting cases to me are the ones that create new laws, and they're like, oh, that's bad. We should have a law for that. Like, you can execute a ten year old in the state of Indiana. Which I think has changed, but I'm not sure. Mm, I didn't know that. Yep. It's just great. If the case had gone to court, Dr. Conrath's past would not have done him any favors. What he decided not to list on his Our Time profile was the fact that in 1998, the doctor was charged with a DUI in Riverside County, California. He was convicted and spent two days in jail and 36 months on probation. In 2011, he was charged with obtaining property by trick or deception after writing a $160,000 bad check to the Fire Lake Grand Casino in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, that's illegal to write a... Uh, it is illegal to write a bad check over, I think, anything over $500. Five. Yeah. You're in some form of trouble. And he, so he... Clearly, I don't know at what point it becomes a felony. That sounds like a lot. And the ca- casinos aren't messing around. So he liked to gamble, too, I believe. Yeah, but he well, got a DUI. Picked up on that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, drinking. Drinking thing. Drinking, yeah. gambling. A, I bet even writing a casino, you could be getting into even more trouble, like looking at federal charges Trying, on yeah. that kind of... Plus it... Maybe not. Plus it was Indian-owned. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? it? Shawnee, mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Oh, my, uh, oh, well, now I'm pissed off because my great, great, great grandmother was Shawnee Indian. So now I have the right to be pissed off. There you go. Does our daughter get a discount at college? No, no. she's too far back. Yeah. My mom, my mom could have. Oh, man. What was your grandmother? What was it? She was Cloud? White Cloud. White Cloud. Mm-hmm. I might need it. to add another great onto that. I don't know. I can't remember. I'd have to look at Ancestry. The charges were dismissed in 2012 after he paid off his debt. So I don't know if the casino threatens to break your legs like other places might, and he paid him back, or if he just did it to avoid legal trouble. And at one of, one of his fellow climbing enthusiasts says the surgeon displayed volatile behavior on past trips. Greg had hired guides on three different occasions. I think we've seen this. Like, do you remember what? Did we watch Everest together? And you have like Sherpa type guides that do this for a living. Take people, oh yeah, that's all highly they do. motivated idiots up Mount Everest. I am I'm fascinated with Mount Everest. Oh, I think it would be neat to do where you go, you go like a couple days out with like large groups of people, and you make your way walking through, and you walk up and go to actual uh, Everett base camp, mm-hmm. and then turn around and go back because after you leave base camp is when you have to climb over the ladders over the giant glaciers in the ground Mm. that if one of the ladders gives way or one of the little fucking ropes they have to help you across, you you fall straight down into the earth. You have to crap in a bag and take it home with you, right? You are crap in a bag. (laughs) (laughs) So he hired guides, and on all three trips were marked by incidents ranging from tantrums when an avalanche that claimed the lives of six people stalled Greg's attempt of Mount Tasman to erratic behavior that guys worried endangered lives on Everest. So when he was removed from the Everest trip, he became enraged. People that are, you're doing life-threatening stuff and we don't want nutsos. We just want highly motivated <laughs> individuals. You're, you're roped to them. <laughs> yeah, like you're part of like my trip across this rickety ladder 
and I'm frozen to the point where I can't move, I don't want you to be mentally unstable. Just motivate it. I'm never doing this. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Uh, Greg tried to have his guide ousted from the International Federation of Mountain Guides Association, which I did not know existed, and lobbied to have the company's doctor punished, saying she abandoned him with an altitude illness and left him to die. His claims were eventually proven unfounded. Like, yeah, you can die up here. Don't come. Yeah, and people do. Oh, man. In a jailhouse interview before his April release, he said he was pretty drunk that night in Puerto Rico. Yeah, a drinking thing. And he had thrown back six or seven drinks and didn't remember many details, but he figured the recording sounded pretty bad. It was stand away again in Puerto Rico. <laughs> it was just a rant, he said. There's some truth in there, but a lot of BS. I mean, if I was with a buddy getting drunk and we were talking about our exes, we would start saying some stupid things like that. But sober? No. (laughs) He claimed Joanna had stolen money from him before and in the end turned out to be just like his ex-wife, exploiting him for his money. You're planning to kill your ex-wife and you're saying I'm just like her. That makes me feel real good. (laughs) I feel like if you're a surgeon and you have to go online to meet somebody, there's something wrong with that. But I do think it was good he didn't try to find someone that was like you don't know anybody that could have hooked you up with somebody and said, this guy's a fucking surgeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, Something's amiss about this just to begin with. Yeah, but that one, is, yeah, Joanna was real freaked out by him. So one minute he felt like he was in a great relationship, and the next minute he was being charged with attempted murder. So when he was released from jail, he he didn't consider things he was doing as stalking. He said he just missed Joanna. Greg said that he bought the gun years ago for self-protection, and the bullets were in Anna's house because he left them there by accident after he moved. Sometimes when he drinks, he said, he exaggerates. Which is all the time. Yep. The su- suspicious clothes found by the police were merely climbing gear. I thought what they found was like sweats and scrubs. I was like, but you're a doctor. And latex so gloves. Yeah, and latex. But he can say, I'm a doctor. I can have that shit everywhere if I want to. With the latex gloves in the box. No, they were like, the, the gun with it is just. Uh, yeah, the gun was in a plastic bag with all those gloves. Like it's hiding. Bullets, right? No, he had the gun oh. in a like duffel bag oh, okay. inside plastic bags with those gloves all around it. So I bet if you looked in the bag, you would see a bag of plastic of latex gloves and you wouldn't see the gun inside that Ziploc bag because it's being like cushioned by all those gloves. So he was hiding, hiding it for so it can't be for home protection. If you have to tell an intruder, hold on, let me get in my medical bag first and take out my gun. That makes sense. Mm hmm. So not long after his release, Greg, still under a court order to stay away from his ex-wife and ex-girlfriend, drove from Peru to Lafayette, where he once lived with Anna, and removed his monitoring device. Oh, no. They, no. no. If I take it off, they can't catch me. No. Police tracked the anklet to the intersection of Highway 38 and I-65 that evening, but Greg was nowhere to be found. So they call in the FBI and U.S. Marshal Services, were alerted, and a day later, police arrested him during a routine traffic stop on I-40 just outside of Flagstaff, Arizona. Jeez. Yeah, so when you remove your ankle monitor they get and you cross state lines, and then it becomes apparent that you're fleeing the country, you've now just uh, broken a lot more laws. Take me back to that night that Joanna recorded you. How were you feeling? We're right on the beach. You know, it's vacation, so 
I was drinking a fair amount. And then I just told her about this kind of, I guess, dark fantasy that I had about killing Anna. Because the person doing it's me. There's no one else that would do it. How would you describe yourself when you drink? Uh, well, I don't talk about murder every time. <laughs> I talked to her about it before when I was drinking. She seemed to, I don't know how you'd say, get off on it a little bit, I guess you could say. Listening to the recording, it doesn't sound like a fantasy. It sounds like a well-thought-through plot and motive to kill your ex-wife. It was a fantasy that I had, um, and it was a detailed fantasy, yes. Do you know the difference between fantasy and reality? Yes, of course. Yeah, it's a lot of it's BS, drunken BS. Ten-year sentence for stalking, especially doing what I did, which is very benign, is, is pretty extreme. That's, that's extreme. Sounds like you're feeling sorry for yourself. I think I was treated unfairly, yes. I think the judge and a lot of people did not forget about the attempted murder charge like you should because it's dropped. I think that's colored the judge's uh, determination of how much time I should have as well as the prosecutor. If, if it was just a stalking charge, doing what I did, I mean, you know, most people would go on probation for a year. And they said he was not smart about this. Like he took his phone with him and he used his debit card at a Wendy's on the way. And it was like, dude, we know where you're, it's like, we know where you are. And when they arrested him, his whole car was full of all his crap. Found 40 pairs of shoes. Like, how do you pack all that? Then why? So he was going to drive in. I think I'd cough up about 39 pair of them and be gone. Yeah, I'd be gone. So he packed everything right down to like Tupperware type stuff driving into Mexico. Don't, don't. There are records when you go through, if you drive, well, I guess you would know this. When you cross in and go to a different country and you're at, they do they make some sort of record that you are leaving the country and going? Well, they did in my case. Now, whether they normally would or not, I don't know. Yeah. But are you talking again, about Canada or Mexico, though? Well, I got thrown out of Canada twice. Yeah. So. Well, obviously, they, so they knew you were there. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. The Canada second time, there's track. obviously... Yeah. Yeah. The second time they they brought up stuff I'd said the first time. I can't remember. <laughs> so they wrote it down. Well, and they were all lies too. Yeah. And Every... they still wrote it down, and they wrote it back, read it back to me, and nobody cared. I was like, oh geez. Well, like, okay. I was lying. Yeah. <laughs> Why I was there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were just there to work, man. Yeah, we can't say that though. No, that's they, what got me in trouble. They don't want you to take their money out of the country. You just have to have the right. Oh, uh, pr- yeah. Yeah. Right permits and stuff. Yeah, and you're like, I'm not about all the right that. kind of visa, the work mm-hmm. visa, and I didn't have any of that. No, I have a visa. I also have a Mastercard. Mm-hmm. But going into Mexico, did they care as much as who was coming and going? Did they write? They care at all. Yeah. So, well, yeah. we walked across. Yeah, it wasn't a drive or anything. It was just a mm-hmm. a walk bridge across. So yeah, he would have driven across into Mexico, and he's already was attempting to make new passport. Like, uh, there's video at the Walgreens of him asking for a ruler. So he can measure it to cut it right after he's making his uh, himself I don't a passport. Know where the hell our passports are at. Mm, that's one of those things. All of a sudden, you panic about, and you'll be doing something else, and you go, I "Wonder where my passports are." I'm <laughs> <laughs> not leaving. Nope. You don't need, you need one to go get to Disney. Disney once you get on the Disney boat. Yeah, yeah, then you need it. So he still won't be charged with attempted murder, but this time the prosecutor is pushing to change the eight years originally slated for community service into jail time. They hope that the sentence, coupled with a new charge for tampering with a tracking device and fleeing, will put Mr. Conrath behind bars for a little more than 10 years. 
Joanna, who lives in hiding, is working to rebuild her life. In the testimony she gave at his first sentencing, she said, you cost me my family, my job, my sense of security, my home. You've shaken everything I once knew. Anna Conrath, his first wife, is currently living in Chicago area with their three kids, and she declined to participate in any information. And I don't blame her. All that came from an article in the Indianapolis Monthly. There, Some of it, I watched the 2020, but... The Indianapolis Monthly has really thorough articles, and I just stole. Did you see where they asked him where he got the gun, his answer? Oh, yeah. He's like out of in a parking lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, guy in a parking lot. And she's like, Is that normally where people get guns? And he's like, Well, I don't know where people normally get their guns. It's like, She goes, At at a gun shop. (laughs) That's where they go. In a parking lot. (laughs) In a parking lot. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, he and he would do this the whole interview was scrunching up his nose. And I was like, is that your lying like tick? Like some people, you know, he just kept doing this. I was like, are you okay?" (laughs) But he was in he said he was excited to go to jail or to go. He was excited to go to prison. And I was like, I know the answer to this because being in jail sucks. They all hate that. So they want to go back to prison as soon as they can, like, because they'll bring inmates in for court stuff. If you're, you know, you have to come in and stay in the jail doing court, whatever. So now that he's been sentenced and convicted, he can go to a prison, which I don't know if he's in Miami. He might be. I'm not sure. Or if he was. I, he, I don't know. Now I kind of want to look. You mean lo- locally? Yeah. Um, As in Miami County. Yeah. But it's like just because you get arrested there. Right. Indiana Offender Locator, IN.gov. Now, where's Putnamville? West. West uh, of, I'm sorry, west of, uh, uh, like, Plainfield. West of Plainfield. Yeah, I I think Putnam County is the next county over. They, okay. they got a, a prison there. Or wait a second. Oh, Put- oh okay. No, he's Hang in uh, He's in Pendleton Correctional Pendleton. Facility. Okay. Yeah. Or wait, um, that, that might, I think that is Putnamville. His, oh, huh. let's see. Okay, yep, for stalking, escape, stalking in 2023. February of 2023 is his projected release date. So yeah, Pendleton, that's what I got. Actually, no one died. No one died, but she could have. Almost. Almost, yeah. Tonight's show, we've renamed the show for tonight as Hoosier Almost Homicide. (laughs) Well, she was, the wife, the ex-wife was really freaked out, like... You know, she was scared. And it's like, why did you guys get a divorce in the first place? Like, just wondering what made you want to get a divorce. And if he had just appeared at his divorce divorce hearing, he might have been able to say, hey, I'm not making that much money in there because I have a drinking and a gambling problem. So don't set it for me to have to pay her a billion dollars, whatever it was. But he didn't show up. It's not my fault. Well, you know, some of these guys just like cutting off the bracelet. I mean... I can do whatever I want. Yeah, that's that surgeon. We've talked about this. If doctors, surgeons in particular have uh, sociopathic tendencies. So, yeah, it's like not a psychopath, but um, we're not. Yeah, but the tendency to disassociate from like humans and I can do whatever I want. And that's what it's like. I can go take off my bracelet and I'll just disappear yeah. to Mexico. Yeah. And I'll bring all my Tupperware so I can collect food out of car trunks and save it for later. <laughs> much <laughs> oh, Daniel you got anything else I don't think so okay I don't think Carla's gonna be back next week either she has a life okay well it's up to her if she wants to ruin it <laughs> 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 you know 
You can say anything you want because there's no way in hell she'll actually sit through and listen through a whole episode. <laughs> she, li- she doesn't listen to any of our episodes whatsoever. I'm like, but yeah, we talked about that. And she's like, I don't remember any of that. I was like, you don't listen to our episodes. And she's like, young and doesn't. That's good because mm-hmm. I don't remember. And yep. I remember I'm not young. I'll skip. The, if I if we do a good one, I'll listen, re-listen to it. Mm-hmm. Skip through it. I listen to all of them twice at least because I got to edit it once and then make sure it sounds right through my headphones once. All right. So and we're I, talking. Th- you'll edit this out though. Right? I can if I want to or I don't oh. have to. Oh. I do whatever I want. Right? Okay. Right. I can take off my anklet if I want to. That's right. And flee to Mexico. Almost. Almost. Okay. So you might have to come back next week. Darn. Darn. I got to think of something else. Hopefully I won't be depressed. Well, everything's pretty depressing. This is. We talk about depressing stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, Carla's not here to do the honest for goodness. Stay out of the corner. Oh, it's really sad. But you have to say... You have to say where to find us. Oh, she does that usually. Man. I know. Man, she actually where does. Where all do you load this thing up onto, Danielle? It's iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. And we're on Facebook and Instagram. Who's your homicide? It's at. At who's your homicide. Spell it. H-O-O-S-I-E-R-H-O-M-I-C-D-E. No. No. H-O-M-I-C-I-D. Well, they can look it up. Yeah. (laughs) I only (laughs) write it like a million times. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Whatever. And for honest to goodness, stay out of the corn. Oh, wait. No, let's do it again. I'll sound like Carla. And for honest to goodness, stay stay out of the the corn. corn. (laughs) There is more than corn in Indiana. Is that the beach? Yeah, I just pleasurize that or... uh, Honest yeah, to goodness is our state slogan. It's, honest it's, to goodness. For on, honest to goodness is our state slogan. It's Didn't garbage. Know we had a state slogan. Mm-hmm, it's garbage. That's why we use it. Honest to goodness. Honest. We are the Voice of the Victim podcast. Every Thursday, we discuss cases that have been influenced by abuse in some way and try to make sense of these senseless things. We also try to identify the missed opportunities where people could have made a difference in the future of the victim. We hope to help others know what to look for so we can protect ourselves and our children. Subscribe to us on your favorite app and help us spread our message. And remember, if you see something, say something. We are all the voice of the victim.